0: This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Connery. Thanks for joining us. It's now been one year and four days since Hurricane Ian swept through southwest Florida. While many of us who were impacted have mostly recovered, there are many people, especially on our barrier islands, who are still living with the storm's effects every single day. Pine Island was cut off from the mainland during Ian when the bridge that passes through Matt Lachey was washed away. About 90% of Pine Island area homes and businesses suffered Ian-related damage. 20% sustained major damage. 4% were destroyed. Five islanders lost their lives during Hurricane Ian. In the true spirit of Pine Island residents immediately got to work helping each other after the storm and coordinating resources and volunteers, but it quickly became clear that the collective recovery effort was going to need to be formalized in order to maximize efficiencies, reduce duplication of services, connect volunteers and nonprofits who could provide services with those in need, and importantly, develop funding sources and provide material support for long-term recovery. And so the greater Pine Island Alliance was formed in December of last year, and they have not stopped in their mission to return every survivor to their home. I spoke earlier today with the Greater Pine Island Alliance's executive director and one of its co-founders. Let's hear that conversation now. Aaron Lawler is executive director of the Greater Pine Island Alliance. Aaron, thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: And Aaron Beretta is co-founder of the Greater Pine Island Alliance and co-chair of the GPIA board. Aaron, thanks for coming in. To you as well. Thank you. So. Um, is Hurricane? I'm gonna start with you, Aaron. Is Hurricane Ian still present in your life every day now, a year and three days
1: after? Every day, And almost everything we do, it is in some way connected to what had happened, what is happening, what we're hoping to have happen. So, Ian does not leave our minds ever.
2: Same for you, Aaron. No, absolutely the same. And many members of the team still have their homes in disrepair. So, Aaron, who's sitting here with me, uh, she still has leaks at her home. I still have studs open my back wall. So it's also a group that is making an effort because it affects their lives personally every day. And a lot of us are still on that road to recovery ourselves.
0: I thought that was worth highlighting because for a lot of people, even those who were severely impacted by Ian, a lot of people, you know, they might remember it now and then, but they don't think about it every day when they wake up, and you guys do. Um, Aaron. how long have you lived on Pine Island?
1: I moved home to Pine Island in 2011 um, when I, I was... Uh, traveling for business at the time. And I found out that uh, my my son was going to be joining us in this world. And so I did not want to raise him in a big city. So I moved back to Pine Island.
0: Does that imply that you were raised on Pine Island? I
1: wasn't raised there. I grew up there in the sense that I went to school up north uh, where my mother always lived. My father's been on the island or in the area since I was a very young child. So it's a back and forth kid.
0: Deep roots. What about you, uh, Aaron?
2: I actually found out just a couple years ago, and I moved there in February before the storm. I bought a house in uh, Matlash Isles. So I'd been uh, on the ground less than a year when Hurricane Ian hit.
0: Wow. Um, uh, Aaron, um, I think it would be fair to say that Pine Island has its own character that's distinct from even the other barrier islands here in southwest Florida. How would you describe its character?
1: What most people say, as a lot of the old timers and people that move in, is that it's one of the closest things you can get to old Florida. So just the sense of community, um, everyone getting together. No one really cares the financial placement of anyone else. Just one big family helping each other out. Um, Even prior to the storm, um, the community would always come together for different events. I find that to be interesting when people come to visit. They are shocked that I know the names of every person that lives on my street we most all have keys to each other's houses. Um, and, and you forget that that is a unique characteristic to a small island community where at any given time, not only can you borrow a cup of sugar, you can probably just walk in and take it and let them know you did because we're all there for each other all the time.
0: Is that what drew you to the island, Aaron?
2: Absolutely it is. I traveled, I retired out of uh, in Tampa, and I was traveling north and south in Florida. Kept driving a few hours north, a few hours south. And once I stumbled across Pine Island, I just kept coming back. And it was the people and the community that I found there. Um, I'd walked into the American Legion. Everybody was so warm down there. You walk into any restaurant, people welcome you. And so I moved down for the community.
0: Explain what's meant, uh, I'll go back to you Aaron. and by the way we have two errands today, so <laughs> hopefully their voices are distinct enough so listeners aren't confused, um, explain what's meant by the greater Pine Island community, like what communities, it's not just Pine Island, but it's, Correct. it's, it's so other it's, aspects.
1: Right, so Pine Island itself is divided into two areas, um, St. James City and Bukilia, it's divided by a four-way stop, on the island we have no stoplights just before, after you leave the mainland, before you get to Pine Island is Matlaché, which is another area in Matlaché Isles. So that's all considered part of the greater Pine Island area. Um, it's all unincorporated Lee County. But when we refer to the greater Pine Island community, Matlaché Isles, Matlaché, Bekelia, St. James, and Pineland are Understood. all part of that.
0: Um, I don't want to dwell too much on, you know, the Ian experience, but where were you during the storm? Aaron? My home in Beckelia. Uh Can you just what was that like for you? Like, I, you know, I know that's a a big question with a short answer, but yeah, so
1: um, interesting, terrifying, um, exhausting. I had some friends that uh, very early that morning when we really saw what was going to happen, they were going to stay in their ranch home. Uh, That wasn't too far away. So they came and stayed with me as well. So we, uh, we played cards and once the power went out, we lit candles and played more cards until finally we were just so exhausted and the, the sound was done. It, it definitely, because I live in a stilt house, you could hear the top of my house moving, uh, which was a definitely new experience because it's a pretty sturdy home. So we finally all realized that uh, we needed to get some sleep. So we went to bed so we could get up at first light and see what needed to be done.
0: But the house held for the most part.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have damage. Um, to my home. But the thing that's important to remember is that I get to sleep in my home. Mm -hmm. And there are many people on the island who cannot say that. So my house will get repaired. Um, As Aaron mentioned, everyone on our team actually suffered damage in some way. One of our team members, uh, my disaster case manager, um, completely lost her home in its entirety. So it's important to remember that, uh, yes, I, I have to move buckets around when it rains, but I still get to sleep at home.
2: Aaron, were you on the
0: island at home during the storm?
2: No, I actually evacuated the island uh, for, I evacuated right before the storm came in and went up to Orlando because I live in a single story ranch there in um, Lachey, And so I was just worried about the flood water. Like she said, you know, any neighbors in ranch level homes, it was a big concern as it proved
0: out to be. How many feet of water did you end up having?
2: I fortunately was blessed. I had only about a foot of water uh, throughout my house. Um, So significant damage in other areas of my home from the wind. Um, some of my neighbors just below me actually they had two to three feet uh, in most of their homes on my block so I just happened to sit just a little bit higher so hmm. it
1: was one of the people that stayed with me when we were finally able to get back I had kind of three different family groups staying with me that night and we were able to hope for the best because the first house we went to maybe about a half inch around the doors when we got down to uh, one of the other ones it was about six feet
0: hmm. Aaron, you know, in reading up on you on the website, you have a military background, you're a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel. Um, I read through your bio and it has things like strategic plans and coordination and training and things that seem like they would be key ingredients to a response to something like what you all went through on Pine Island. Um, After it became apparent that, A, you guys couldn't get off the island at first, or I guess you had to try to get back on the island, um, you know, Did you see everything through the lens of your military experience in terms of this is the challenge, these are the moving parts, let's try to put this together, and that sort of worked its way into what we now call the Greater Pine Island Alliance?
2: Absolutely, uh, I did. So right after storm, as you mentioned, I I was running my boat back and forth to the island until the land bridge came open, and then I got down to the American Legion post, um, which I now command. And from there, we started feeding people. Uh, We did lunch and dinner at american legion post 136 pine island uh, for several months feeding 600 to 900 people a day anybody that walked in our doors and then we begin to run a huge supply distribution center from there and when i relate it to my experience they they say when when you're in the military it's about logistics who can do logistics and really managing the aftermath and trying to take care of people in the immediate need It was how to move logistics, how to get supplies in, and then how to effectively distribute them to those in need. So absolutely that background helped me achieve and help the organizations on the island. And it was from that experience with working at American Legion Post 136 that I did then found the Greater Pine Island Alliance.
0: Gotcha. So, um, Aaron, how quickly did it become apparent that you were going to need a formalized nonprofit or some sort of clearinghouse like the Greater Pine Island Alliance I mean I'm sure immediately after the storm it was just how can we help how can we get resources but at some point it probably became clear that you were going to need something that was more formalized in order to be able to, do the things that, you know, interface with the different levels of government and the different kinds of grants and all that sort of thing. How quickly did it become apparent? Like what's the origin story of the proper Greater Pine Island Alliance?
1: So um, the colonel can speak to that a little bit more. The the very beginning, I came on board, um, our other co-founder, Jay, I had actually known um, in past life and and he introduced me to Aaron and we got to know each other with some of the supply drives and the, the drywall. And then you know, we're we're lugging drywall all over the island, trying to figure out who still needs help, who still needs doesn't have the ability to you know get food because everyone's cars were you know flooded. Um, and sitting down, actually at the Legion, and one day after a, a drywall giveaway, he just brought up to me, I, "I really think you should join this you know this organization and um, and and run it for us." And I asked what what he wanted to do, what the goal was, and when he explained that the the point of long-term recovery and the process of it, just, it had already been a passion of mine because this is my community and I want to rebuild it and I want it for my son. And so having him ask me to do it, it just seemed like a natural fit um, of something that needed to be done. And I had the ability to do.
0: Um, So Aaron, explain, you know, who were the original key team members who aren't you two and, and what were the steps that you had to take to start putting it together in a formal way?
2: So as, a, as I was saying, I was working full-time at the American Legion. We were running a great relief center down there with my team and all the volunteers uh, from that post. But I quickly realized exactly what you said. We weren't gaining access to that county, state, and federal level. Even though we are a large nonprofit trying to help people, it was still a grassroots working with small organizations. Fortunately for us, um, the state sent down a CERT team, and that was headed by an individual whose was, was named AMI. And she quickly realized what we were doing and that you guys need to form what's called a long-term recovery group to get access to those resources. So the following day, actually drove all the way across the state of Florida. At the time, Michelle Luckett, was the she was running an organization that is still very active. It's called Brace Be Ready Alliance Coordinating for Emergencies. It's a Florida state nonprofit. And so she came down and talked with me, and we met with Jay, and then we begin to understand that we had to have a separate organization. So Greater Pine Island Alliance was then founded, uh, Jay and I founded it together, and then over time added a team behind it as the long-term recovery group. A long-term recovery group is a cooperative vo- body of volunteers. They can be from faith-based organizations, other nonprofits, governments, businesses, any organization that's really working within our community to help individuals and families recover. And so that is an organization that is also then designated as a long-term recovery group by the county, state, and federal government. So we are very fortunate. Um, come December, um, shortly after the storm, we applied in about November, December. We received our status from the f- state of Florida, and then by January 16th, we had our federal EIN as a 501c3 nonprofit. So we did have some a lot of help from great Commissioner Kevin Ruane, was one of the big supporters because he understood what we were trying to do. And he helped us. Um, I know we had some help from Senator Rubio's office at the federal level. But within a very short period of time, we were able to achieve that 501c3 status. And then, uh, as I mentioned, the state does recognize these organizations. So we know the First Lady of Florida did a lot of fundraising, and that money for disaster went is organized through Volunteer Florida. And so through that program, we received our initial large grant. Uh, The First Lady funded 13 long-term recovery groups across the state. Uh, We were one of them, one of the first to stand up after Ian. And so we received our first grant through that program.
0: Um, In looking at the different members, um, you know, that you have listed on the website, the board members, the staff members, it's it's a great group of people who have a really interesting collection of backgrounds. It's... um, you know, military, teacher, coach, business owner, branding, marketing, nurse, firefighter, nonprofit administration, volunteers, uh, realtor, property managers, permitting, zoning, in, you know, knowledge, trauma-informed life coach. I mean, it sounds like, I don't know if that's just how everybody on Pine Island is <laughs> or or if you just coalesced a team that hit all the right marks.
1: I think one of the key things when uh, Aaron and and then Jay, Um, asked me to take on this role. We we sat down and one of the big things that I said is that I want to do it correctly, not necessarily quickly. So let's look at the different resources that we have of people that are already doing this anyway on the island and have the passion and the heart for it because we know that with, as a brand new 501c3, our resources were not only finite but almost non-existent, so we had to do this grassroots. So we looked to people who had these different experiences and kind of one by one asked them if they'd be willing to participate. Um, and I, I could not be more proud of the team that we have grown and, and then the work that we are continuing to be able to do because with all of the different experiences, as you said, disaster management, military, business in general, We have to bring all that together to run a successful organization so that we can continue our mission, which is to return every survivor home. So if I'm going to continue a mission over the next many years to try to return every survivor who wants to return to their home into their home, we have to be strategic about not only our resources, but just the way in which we go about it.
0: How much has this effort for you both been about paperwork, systems, <laughs> understanding application processes, understanding how bureaucracy works, and the intricacies and the non-intuitive aspects. Am I characterizing it
2: correctly? I, I think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll let you take that one, Colonel. Yeah.
2: No, we, uh, oh gosh, that is funny. And the, the interesting thing is that, as we've mentioned, our team is survivors too. So many days we go into the office and one of us We'll complain a little bit about the process that we're personally going through. But but it's good that we're doing that because it helps us help the other survivors. Sure. And there, it is challenging at times. And persistence in applying for these resources is super important, sticking with the program. And sometimes you feel like you're doing the paperwork more than once, and sometimes you actually really are. But the great part is there's a lot of good other volunteer groups out there nationally um, that we work with, uh, Compass 82, Rebuild Together. Like we mentioned, Volunteer Florida, Florida VOAD. There's other resources. American
1: Red Cross has been instrumental in helping us um, from the very beginning understand, you know, neither Aaron nor I were in the nonprofit world. We may have volunteered, but it's very different just putting on the T-shirt and swinging a hammer than being the person that has to find those resources. So American Red Cross was instrumental in helping us understand the grant process. Um, And because of the First Lady's donation, we were able to actually hire rapidly someone to help us write our very first grant and see how it's supposed to go. The grant
0: writing world is its own animal. It's its own all, all in, in its own thing. Oh, my
1: goodness. Both of us have done paperwork our entire lives professionally. So we're thinking, so? I mean, you have to, you have to fill out a form. No. <laughs> no, not at all. So we were very, very blessed, actually. Um, Nadine, with Vetted Communication, helped us with our very first one, which then we were able to learn and grow on. Oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. So the, the back-end business side of it, we had down pat. The, uh, the nonprofit world... We, we learned and we have were invited to go to a few seminars, which also very much helped. Um, and we've had so many people step up and say, I have grant writing experience. Can we help you with this? How can I help with that? So it's been a, a, a wonderful um, growing process, as, as you said. That, that's why we chuckled with the paperwork thing. <laughs> I could only imagine.
0: I could only imagine. Um you know, if, if the immediate aftermath of, of Ian's impact was sort of phase one, and then maybe, like, when did phase two start, and what phase are we on now? Is that even possible to characterize, Aaron?
2: So what I, on our symbol for our organization, right, right on our logo, we have preparedness, response, recovery. Um, some disaster programs add a word mitigation, but I like, Keep it simple. Preparedness, response, recovery. And the reality is we're we're in phases of all of them right now. So we are preparing and we do have a working group that's looking at how can the island respond better in the event of another storm or another event. Response. Just a couple weeks ago we had a volunteer group down here that was still mucking and gutting some homes almost a year later. Recovery. We do have some people where we're working with them to get the drywall back up get kitchens redone get a bathroom built so they have uh, that in their homes so in essence right now I believe we're in all the phases of it at this point Um, it's only been a year and although for some people that may seem it's a long time ago as we've mentioned it's still very brand new still new here and unfortunately recovery from storms like this will be over five years um, from the magnitude and severity of the storm.
0: If somebody were to drive on to Pine Island or through those communities now who didn't know the area, would Ian's impact still be visible to them?
1: When you come over Matlaché, we still have buildings that are falling into the water, um, actively sinking into the water that you can see. The other thing that I like to remind people, and we always talk about when you come through Matlaché, prior to the storm, there were not vacant lots. So if you see a vacant lot, that was either someone's home or business, or in some cases it was both. And it's just gone. Same thing when you go to St. James City. If you go off of York Road in St. James City, there were not vacant lots there. If you see a vacant lot, that was someone's home. And for a lot of people, it was their only home. It wasn't their third or fourth vacation home. That's kind of a big misnomer. That was their primary residence. So again, our mission with the Greater Island Alliance is to return every survivor home to their primary residence if it's all possible. So when you, when you look at the community, just, just remember what was there. And that's what we're trying to figure out how to get back to in whatever way we can.
0: Out on Fort Myers Beach, uh, same thing. You drive down along the, the the Gulf side, there's empty lots which is just, for somebody who grew up here, is just really shocking to see.
1: Being um, able to see the water is strange, yeah. isn't it?
0: Um You know, the the big concern out there is, is the keeping the character of the island. Um, you know, what, where does that stand on Pine Island, would you say, in terms of being able to keep the character
2: of the island
0: as you rebuild?
2: I think that's absolute concern in many, many people's minds, is trying to keep the character. And a lot of those homes, you have to also understand, were family generational homes that were gone. And so that that is a challenge in trying to keep the character pineal and strong. We, we will come back better and stronger. But right now, I believe that's in the forefront of people's minds.
1: Yeah, just growing up, I mean, Matt Lachey hasn't changed much from when I was a child. Well, I should say prior to the storm, um, it hasn't changed much. And I, I would love to be able to retain the character, but we do... Um, need to make sure that we are responsibly rebuilding so that we don't have some of the tragedies that we have experienced with this storm. So it is, it's is—it's definitely, like Aaron said, on, on the forefront of everyone's mind of how, how can we do it? How can we stay us, but stronger?
0: There was a fundraiser for you guys at uh, Wicked Dolphin. Is that, did I get the name right? Yes, you did. How did that go?
1: It was outstanding. It was just past week. It was on Saturday, actually. We received a phone call from Wicked Dolphin, not even two weeks. She called me up, and Kendra at Wicked Dolphin, thank you so much. Kendra called me and said, you know, I I heard about what y'all are doing, and I heard about this family, and at this moment we are actually – In the middle of putting a family with a premature infant back in their home, we found out that they were living in a leaking camper, and she was having this child early. So GPIA uh, kind of banged the drums, and we'd gotten some funding to try to move them back in. Wicked Dolphin heard about that. She said, I want to throw you guys a fundraiser. I said, great win. She said, next Saturday. I said oh, okay. So we very rapidly pulled it together. The attendance was outstanding. Um, It rained in true island hurricane style. It rained almost the entire time, but we still had an unbelievable turnout. Um, Our fundraising exceeded our expectations for that day. So couldn't be more grateful to the community. A lot of Cape Coral people came because obviously being the anniversary, there were a lot of things on Pine Island that people had commitments for, but so many of our Cape Coole friends and family came out to support the event as well so it was it was pretty extraordinary don't you think?
2: No I think it was great and just that's where I was really my heart was blowing uh, blown away that the Cape giving to Pine Island and uh it was just that made it emotional just just to be there and to have Pine Island with the Cape working together to rebuild Pine Island very excited to be part of that.
0: Um, we're basically out of time but last question on the website it's got a place where people can sign up to volunteer are you still in you know significant need for volunteers and or financial help?
1: Absolutely. So there's a a tab to get help and a tab to give help. Um, Obviously, skilled volunteers are are crucial to what we do. But even if you don't have a skill, even if you can pour mulch around, you know, the little things to help people rebuild, sometimes the most extraordinary. We had some volunteers come and plant flowers outside of someone's house house, that the landscaping was gone. And uh, the, the homeowner was just overjoyed because it was just one more thing that felt a little bit more like our new normal. Um, as far as donations, yes, it is, as a 501c3, we are completely funded on donations and grants. Um, and most of those proceeds, you can actually go on the website or call us and dedicate them to specifically if you want to reinstate um, one of our more vulnerable populations back into their home, different ways that you can donate financially. Um, and then we're always available for a phone call or an email chat if anyone needs more explanation.
0: All right. Well, thank you to my guests. Aaron Lawler is executive director of the Greater Pine Island Alliance. Aaron, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having us. And
0: Aaron Beretta is co-founder of the GPIA and co-chair of its board. Aaron, thanks to you as well.
2: Thank you so much.
0: You can find more information and a link to the Greater Pine Island Alliance website on our website, wgcu.org GCL. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced and directed by yours truly. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7, We are NPR for Southwest Florida.